And we're back. Randy I assume everybody loves me. I'm a petty son of a bitch. We watch movies so you don't have to. Welcome to 50 Randy Quades. I am your host with the most Nicolas Cage movies. Chuck, too humble, Banner. And with me, my co-host, as always, JT, too greedy, Dr. Money. And you know that that is fucking right. And if you didn't, like if you didn't I know said, that was right, you know now. Like I said, this is... 50 Randy Quaids, a movie review podcast. And this is also episode 116, the Halloween Hangover Special, the third movie in our Halloween three-pack, Dr. I already forgot. What was the first movie in our Halloween three-pack? The Wicker Man, man, man. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. So that one was definitely a horror movie, but this one marks another one that, while it definitely has horror elements, is not necessarily a horror movie, and that's one thing I love about it, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, I would uh, tend to agree with you that the genre is a little uh, flip-floppy, but, uh, you know, just so you know, we did watch Dr. Sleep, and if you have any questions or comments, you can go to 50randyquays.com, and you can let us know what the fuck is up. Please do. I'm always interested in knowing what the fuck is up. I know we say it all the time on Creek Chat, and we tend to say it a lot on the hashtag Cage Talk Editions, and, you know, we try to say them here on the standard 50 Randy Quaid's. You know, just movie review podcasts. You know, just a couple guys, normal guys, got normal jobs coming out here to, you know, just have some fun with all you you lovely listeners. And we got lots of love for you, and you hope that you got lots of love right back at us. A little 50 Randy Quaid's throwback here. I just want to ask, didn't you used to call the fans similar to the man Randy Quaid himself, Starwhackers? Yeah, I think way back in the day. Is that something we've abandoned? Do we need to find a new name for the people who decide to love along with us here at, at 50 Randy Quaid's? I mean, you guys can just be whoever you are and be however you are. And just just remember that deep in our hearts, we got lots of love for all of you. And we just want to throw it out there. LOL. We present to you the trailer for Dr. Sleep. Yeah, I went a little short of that time. Just for you, lovely listeners. LOL. When I was a kid, there was a place. A dark place. They closed it down and let it rot. But the things that lived there. Back. Not many ride the bus this far north. 
you're running away from something. I'm running away from myself, I guess. Hi. You can hear me. You're magic. Like me. I don't know about magic. I was called it the Shining. The world is a hungry place. A dangerous place. These people, they hurt people like us. These empty devils, they'll eat what shines. That is very accurate. And if you're new to this show, I just want to say welcome. Welcome with open arms and lots of love. LOL. And I just want to let you guys know that we talk about everything. Or at least we mean to. And like I said, you know, I mean, some people call me too humble. So we're going to let you guys have this, this little brief warning right here, you know, right off the top that. We're going to spoil the fucking shit out of this movie. So if you haven't seen Dr. Sleep, you know, you, you're going to know about it. And some people like to call me too greedy, which means I don't fucking care if you don't want to hear spoilers. I'm going to give them to you. But let Chuck tell you about something else. Yeah, you know, we just we got to give you that warning because it's just it's the nice thing to do. It's the right thing to do. You know, you you guys come to us to for, for our... You know, to let you guys know about the movie, you know, because we watch them so you don't have to. But in case you want to, you know, we're going to spoil it in three, two, one. Danny Torrance, the child from The Shining, goes back to the Overlook Hotel with a new child who is the most powerful shiner in maybe ever who fucking knows she's insane and they destroy both the woman who is chasing her and the evil hotel itself and the crow the crow dies along the way just like every other enemy that exists and unfortunately like dan torrance himself yeah and the dad it's perfect everyone who needed to die well i don't think the dad needed to die no definitely did not need to die but he definitely (laughs) got got Unfortunately, the crow was a merciless bastard. I didn't real. I didn't know his name was the crow until about two hours into the movie. I must have missed it, so I just kept referring to him as the right hand man on my sheet. 
eventually shortened to the RHM. I didn't really mention a lot of the people on my sheet except for Snakebite Andy and uh, Rose. But I did, I definitely wrote down a couple other things like, oh, we got ourselves a pusher. And, oh man, there was a looker. And we're going to pull a trick or we're going to play a trick. There's lots of tricks going on in this so, magical game. As we but brought up, it's pretty fantastic. I was say, as we brought up earlier about the genre hopping of this this movie, it's listed here as a drama fantasy horror. And I think, well, I, I might put fantasy ahead of drama. I'd say that's more or less the correct order. I wouldn't even argue with what they have there. Yeah, I think it's probably the best grouping for what they have there. I guess if you want to encompass everything that there is right now with horror, then horror is a very broad I think horror genre. is and always has been a very broad genre. I don't think it's ever been a very constricted genre. But this, what I like about this movie is that it uses the framework of what is definitely considered a horror movie, but I think also exists as something much different than a horror movie, The Shining. So it takes yeah, the framework... classic, too. It takes the framework of that movie and creates a world that is fucking gigantic outside of that hotel that we got to start. Creates this huge, fantastic world of people who have the shine and people who are trying to get those people. And I just, I love that it becomes that fantastic element. That's an amazing part about this movie is it's got all of that. It it took an idea and turned it into a world. Which I've never read either The Shining or uh, Doctor Sleep, so I don't know the source material. Either for someone, I. for someone who really likes The Shining movie, this took 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 that and created a very believable world and just made it so much bigger. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, so this movie, Doctor Sleep, in case you're you know wanting to watch it with the fam, just gotta let you guys know that it's rated R. And as for some disturbing and violent content, some bloody images, language nudity, and a little bit of drug use. And that drug use comes more or less up top on the movie. Yeah, some probably co- what, within like the first five minutes? Somewhere around there, at least within the first ten, there's a tray of cocaine right out there in the open after Danny's getting hammered at the bar. Oh, yeah, well, he he is an alcoholic. Well, we find out about that for sure. Uh, let's find out about how this movie did in theaters. Oh, debuting at number two on November 8th, 2019. So uh, about a week, almost almost a, a week away from being uh, a year, year anniversary oh, of this movie. No, it'll be exactly a week. This is the first. That's the eighth. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Damn. It's, yeah, it's almost a year. $14.1 million. Like, I'm not going to say I'm surprised by that, but that's good money. Yeah, I, I would uh, agree with you. I think it also had a very weak top five, but it, but it did get back almost, what, a third of its initial investment of uh, an estimated $45 million. Well, you talk about a weak lineup. I don't know, even know what number one Midway is. I think Midway is a war movie. And okay. it was brand new that weekend for $17.8 million. War movies generally are released around the holiday season, like November, December, January, if I'm not mistaken. Although, I could be way wrong about that. I'm not really into war movies, so it's probably why Me I'm either. Not, uh, uh, too familiar with it. But I'm pretty sure that's what it is. 
So what about number three, Playing With Fire? I don't remember that either. John Cena film, $12.7 million, and it's uh, opening week. I've got to say that's... well. I'm pretty sure he plays like a fireman. I think I've seen advertisements for it. I would love to know what the budget on that was, to be impressed by that 12.7 or not. I want to be. And number four was The Last Christmas... Uh, $11.4 million, and that's a brand new movie. Do you know what that is? Sounds like a romantic comedy. I I'm, I assume it's some sort of Christmas movie, where it's okay. potentially the last one. Okay, Chuck. Like, I know it's a Christmas movie. They put If you put Christmas in the title of the movie, and it's about fucking 4th of July, Easter. there's a mistake. Easter, that's even better. Come on. You don't confuse the birth and the death of Jesus. I'm sorry, the resurrection. I mean, you could. Uh, well, number five is the continued resurrection of the Terminator series, Dark Fate, which I have not seen. Did not even know it existed. I know it exists, but pulled in 10.8 in its second week. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good scrap. I mean, right there, I guess. Like, But once again, I don't think it was a very star-studded like lineup. You got a John Cena movie pulling in number three. And it's like... I remember seeing the commercials for that movie. That movie looked like fucking dog shit. Which one, Terminator? No, no, Playing With Fire. Of course it was dog shit. I'm sorry to say, but it's a John Cena movie. That's what I'm saying. Like, it did not look good. But he's John Cena. He's got that market. He's going to pull that in. I don't know how long that market continues to exist for. I want to see John Cena play Ernest. Like, Ernest... Which Ernest? Like the Ernest goes to jail movies, and like Ernest, play, like Ernest is. Why would why would he play that character? I've just I've seen the meme where he looks kind of like him, like Jim Varney. Yeah, and I'm all like, oh, like I'm in, like I'm no, because I'm he in on could that. never he could never play the Ernest character the way I'd ever want to see it played. A big, muscular, gigantic, fucking freakazoid-looking <laughs> Ernest It'd going to jail. Picture him doing, like, Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh, I'd love it. Right? Oh, man. All right. Maybe that. In Ernest Scared Stupid, that might be a lot of fun. How is that not great with John Cena? Fuck. I don't know if I could do it, but I'd have, I'm going to have to sleep. I'm going to have to doctor sleep on that. <laughs> yes! Yes! Oh, so okay, so um com- after it's fourteen point one million dollars uh initially it summed up uh, a total of thirty one point five million dollars and then in all foreign lands pulled another forty point eight million. So we got like twenty seven point three million dollars profit this movie pulls in, you know, the total of seventy two million. I love it. I love it. Making money. Making money. It Making just that like Halloween that, Fetty. You're obviously looking at a situation where it's not like, oh, this made a lot of money. We're going to see a sequel to it. Like, I'm pretty sure there isn't a third one that Stephen King wrote in this. But what's nice to see is that a guy like Mike Flanagan, the writer and director, is going to get more work after this. And I like what he did here. So I'm interested in seeing what he's going to do next. Yeah, and there was a, a pretty decent cast. Uh, Evan McGregor was the lead playing Dan Hold Torrance. On. Hold on a second. Did I say Ewan, Evan? It's, it's Hold, Ewan McGregor. It's Ewan, e- Ewan McGregor, and on the sheet, his first name and last name are spelled wrong. 
pretty it's sure e- I took it off of IMDb. It's I mean, every- I also don't copy and paste. I look and then type. So every other name, I'm going to tell you, IMDb did not have Ewan McGregor's name spelled wrong. Not a chance. Um, but it's E W A N, and there's only one G in McGregor. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, that's just me not knowing how I- to type. Every other name is spelled correctly. I double-checked all of them because I was like, what happened here? I wondered, did you copy and paste from, like, Wikipedia and someone had added it to be wrong at the time? You like people do. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's what I did. That's what I did. I'm not an idiot. But, yeah, he plays Dan Torrance. Um, All right. Now, I usually don't talk about people this way on this show. And Ewan McGregor himself is uh, his own kind of dreamboat. But Rebecca Ferguson... Who plays the villain Rose the Hat in this Oh movie, yeah, she's especially as a villain is so fucking hot. Yeah, it's um, unreal. I'll subscribe to that. Ooh, baby, and she's really good. On top of that, playing this creepy ass leader of this crew of people that just suck people's steam, their creamy steam. Oh, apparently, homeboy's name wasn't the Crow. Zon McLaren, his he was Crow Daddy. Oh, it's Crow Daddy. Well, I think they referred to him as The Crow and Crow Daddy. Like, I don't know which one was the nickname. I'd imagine The Crow was like when they were referring to him as like when he was being a badass, doing his badass shit. But when they were just chilling around the campfire, it was like, yo, what up, Crow Daddy? <laughs> I guess. I don't know, man. I'm just trying to get into the world here. Kylie Curran played Abra Stone, and she was fantastic in this movie. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And then uh, Cliff Curtis. This is the ultimate wrestling name, right? Like, Cliff Curtis is a great wrestling name. And then his character was also a great wrestling name, Billy Freeman. And can I be real with you? He looks like a wrestler. I was thinking that every time I've watched this movie, I look at him, and he looks like someone else, and I can't put my finger on it, but I don't think that's it at all. I think I just look at him and think, that guy must be a pro wrestler, so I think someone must look like him in the pro wrestling world, but they don't. No. Get this guy Get this guy in the WWE. This guy was on um, Fear the Walking Dead. Never watched it. I did. Do. Oh, I, I believe it. That's why you're telling me you know he's on it. I know you didn't do research on what Cliff Curtis was up to. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Emily Allen Lind plays Snakebite Andy. So usually in most things, when they cast someone to be a 15-year-old, you're like, okay, how old are they? Like 25, 26 years old? She was probably 16 or 17 when they were filming this. So they cast someone in that legit age range to play that role. And I was super surprised to see that. I didn't know that. I just like, well, I do a little bit of research on everyone. And they're like, I just kind of Google people. Like I Google Dr. Sleep. I go to Google because I'm allowed to search anything there. As you all know, you can go to Google and search anything. I search Dr. Sleep. I just kind of look at the cast real quick. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson is from Sweden. What else did I learn? (laughs) Yes, what did you learn from your Google search? Em- Emily Allen Lynn's mom was in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. She was in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I think, I don't know what she played. All right. I'd imagine she had to have played the daughter who gets shrunk with them. The older, like the, the neighbor daughter. I didn't like look any further than I saw she was in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And ultimately, I'm doing something I love doing. And that's talking about something that doesn't matter. <laughs> Why don't you tell me about the IMDb breakdown for this, Chuck? All right. So 
Years following the events of The Shining are now adult Dan Torrance, otherwise known as Doc. He must protect a young girl with similar powers from a cult known as the True Knot, as they prey on children with powers to remain immortal. Okay, I just refer to them as the crew the whole time, because I know they got referred to as... Some nickname that I missed along the way, the true knot, apparently. So I'm just probably going to keep saying the crew the whole time and not the true knot. The I true knew knot. they were called the true knot because, well, initially I wrote uh, Rose the Hat and Gang Steal Children. And then I was like, oh, they're called the true knot. I love the name Rose the Hat, too. That's a perfect villain name. It is a good villain name. Because it's kind of innocuous. Like you that could be a good name. You could be a really good person and go by the name the Rose the Hat. But when you make it a villain's name, that puts it over the top for me. Alright, before we get into this any further than we already have, I want to do your favorite thing to do, and that's play a little hypothetical with you. I know you love getting hypothetical. Oh, I love it. If you were in a position where you had the shine, right? Let's say you've got the shine the same way that Danny had the shine. You're not as powerful as Abra is, but you got enough that you are enticing to the true knot. And they come to you and they decide, we don't want to consume your creamy steam. We want to give you an invitation like we do to Snakebite Andy to join us. Do you take that offer? With as much information as they give Andy, which is very little, do you take that offer? Right now. The thing is, is you're probably either struck with you have to take the offer or you die. For sure. And I don't want to die, but I don't want to join that cult because like, I feel like I could do just fine on my own. And so I think the idea is to try to not like, cause like, don't get caught, but I'm saying you've been spotted. I, you're, oh, so your stance would be don't, but it's hard to know to stay away from them when you don't know they exist. Like Abra, you know, didn't know when they find you because she can reach out and sense your fucking steamy. And then what's his name tracks you down the right hand man. I guess I'd figure out like I'd, I'd try to find a way toward be like, all right, is there a way where I can be like, can I get back to you in like a week? <laughs> I, what's this your, is this some big shit. Think about. Yeah. Give me your number. I'll call or probably text you in about like, a week. But, so. but like, all right, you can just, you can find me, right? Like find me in a week. I'll give you my answer. And yeah, you I'll know try I to figure out a way there. to like, to like, I don't know, trick them like Abra does. Um, okay. So you trust in yourself to be able to outwit this crew of people and be able to like get away and stay hidden. I feel like the, just, and I know it's a hypothetical situation, but I feel like that's, you can say against, whatever you want and it's going against part of the hypothetical. It's just like to avoid the initial being spotted, like. I know I agree with you. That's why I kind of skipped that part and got right to it's too late for that. They've already got on to you. What do you do? And you went with the strategic answer, which is, well, they're probably going to kill me if I don't go with them. But would you, knowing that they would kill you if you don't go with them, go with them anyway and kind of live that out for a while? See how it is? You got to murder children to stay alive. Yeah, I see. I'm not like super keen on that. <laughs> that's the hard part my see i'd look at it and go i'm really not that interested in living for like frank the grandpa did thousands of years oh see i'm 100 percent down for that 
Nah, see, I got it's, no interest in doing that. It's the the killing children for really no reason other than my own self preservation. That's the thing that once you take that leap, it's no longer for no reason. The yeah, reason exactly. is survival. So you got to decide whether or not you're willing. To I don't want to die that. today, though, either. So I I think I would just want to like push it away. Get me some space between this group and myself. You're never getting away from them, and you got to know that. I'm saying you don't have Aber-style powers. I don't think I feel you got like, enough. I feel like if they can find me, can't other people that could help me find me potentially before that? I mean... You, you'd you have to know that people, or there would just have to be people out there who are looking for people who are calling out in distress. You'd have to be hoping for that to be the case. Yeah, that's true. Which, maybe there are. Maybe there are superheroes out there who always, like Danny does towards the end, turn on his radio. When he doesn't talk, he listens. And he finds Abra. But he was specifically looking for her, too, though. You know, that's the difference. That's true. It's fucked up out there, man. That's the thing. This would be a shitty situation to be in on any end of it, in my opinion. I wouldn't want to be anyone. Except for maybe Abra. Yeah, I... I don't know. I mean, I feel like... Yeah. It kind of sucks. And... I don't know, man. Like, I think I would just try to get rich. If you went with the no, prolonged like if, life like route? If, like, if I had, like, those shines where it's like I could oh. figure out a way to, like, just use it to my financial advantage. So let's change the, let's change the hypothetical then. Let's say that you're not on anyone's radar. You're like Abra before this whole shit pops off. You're 13 years old, and you have the ability to read other people's minds as we see that she can do. So that's right there, advantage number one. You're up in anyone's mind. You're going to use that to turn and just make the best life for yourself. You're going to go into people's minds and not worry about it. The idea is to just try to get as much money as you can and then be done. Do you think you could be done or would you get addicted to that fucking feeling of being in control at every moment because you can be? I don't know. That's the question. That, I'm saying that's the to me that's the hypothetical there. Like, could you stop yourself from using that power after you'd already indulged for as long as it took to get rich enough to stop? Hopefully, who? That's a gamble. Oh, I mean, I'm glad I'm not in that situation. I guess hypothetically. Well, hypothetically, you are in that situation. In reality, you're right. You are not. Well, I, you know what I mean. <laughs> Either way, I love putting you in hypotheticals. I'm sorry. That's the end of hypothetical with jt money all right so i kind of saw this movie as like the true not versus dr sleep with it's here it's the tag team of dr sleep and abra yeah i just i felt like it okay so i as much as she was really a main pushing force of this movie i almost felt like she was like a mid card until two-thirds of the way Danny Torrance is the hook into this world because he's what ties it back to The Shining. Yeah. So you're right. You're right. He's the star in terms of like bringing us into this world and keeping us grounded into this world. Abra is what allows him to cross paths with the true knot. They don't even know. She doesn't even know who the fuck Danny Torrance is until we come to the fucking culmination at the end. Yeah. He is a nobody to her and she searches for people like him. He's powerful as fuck and he wasn't. He was a kid too and somehow he avoided her. 
He was in like the same area down in Florida with Violet when she got taken as a little girl and they didn't find him. Well, it didn't seem like he was using it. No, he shut it off. Doc gave him that that trick to like put the shit in the box and he said, I'll never shine again. And it seems like he didn't until Aver came back in his life. Like he shut that. Dick would show up and talk to him, but he wasn't actively like shining. So you're right, he did. He fucking turned it off. And and see, that's it. Like, if you can actively turn it off, then only turn it on when you absolutely need it. But he was in a unique situation because of The Shining, where he was totally emotionally fucked up because of what happened to him and his mom and his dad and his haunted-ass fucking evil hotel that consumes and possesses people. So he just became an alcoholic and a drug addict to fucking run away from that whole thing. So I don't think he actively turned off The Shining. I think he turned it off with drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Which is why when when he got sober and went up to fucking Frasier or whatever, that's why Abra was able to reach out and find him. Well, it seemed like something drew him there. Like they both felt like him and uh, Rose the Hat both felt Abra and that like drew both of them like she was like i felt something or or, and he just kind of showed up there abra wasn't in new fraser she was somewhere else in new hampshire something drew him to new fraser so he'd be close enough to where she was something drew him to new fraser because i'd say billy is probably what the universe was bringing him to there that guy who vouched for him and put him up in that play or Vouched for him to get put up in that place, paid for his first two weeks, took him to AA and helped him get sober. But that's what brought the shine back into his brain. Yeah, he even he called him his best out. friend. Yeah, I think, was it before or after Billy was coerced by Snakebite Annie to shoot himself when they were the driving to find the baseball player kid, number 19. Oh, he said he was his best friend to Billy? Um, No, he had said... Uh, like Billy was sleeping and Abra was like in the yep, back yep. seat and sh- and she's like, who's this? And he's like, oh, that's my friend Billy. And he's like, I think he's my best friend. Well, you can tell with the life that he lived, like his mom died when he was younger, so he didn't have her. And he had this traumatic past and he just fucking done himself out like he didn't have best friends. No, yeah, he was a loner. He- In the beginning of the movie, he was so down and out, he skipped out on a woman who ended up being dead in her bed with her baby, put the baby in the bed with her, stole her money, and then fucking left. And then he gets haunted by her ghost afterwards, saying, like, so people still haven't found us yet, Danny. Like, we're still sitting here fucking rotting away, and you stole my money and skipped out because you were at rock fucking bottom. So he really did, like, they show you, he was down at the bottom yeah yeah it was it was pretty rough so that's how he ends up up there and he's clear and abra just writes he's got this chalkboard wall she just writes hello on it one day he comes back home from work and sees it and you're like the fuck is going on here well and i had i had recognized that how she wrote hello because when she wrote hello the exact same way on that card she gave her mom oh yeah 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 and i recognized that immediately well, they'd already shown, like, with her putting the spoons up on the ceiling yeah. when she was young. Because they first start out in 1980, then they jump to 2011, where they're showing him at his rock bottom, and she's a younger girl, just kind of, like, first realizing she even has these powers. Or maybe not even realizing, they're just intuitive. 
like I think we've talked about before, and I know they talk about it on other shows, like with poltergeist kind of activity, the younger people. Yeah. But either way, that's why when he shows up on the map, she can sense him because he's so powerful too, just like her, and reaches out. So he's kind of got this thing that goes on for jump forward eight more years. Which I thought was pretty crazy too, because like they just jump forward that eight years and then like they're still chit chatting. And I was like, oh man, they've been like quote unquote pen pals for fucking eight years just writing back little messages on this uh board because he's able to kind of tap into his shine powers without actually using his brain to speak to someone or listen to someone just kind of passively using it which is probably nice for him but before that eight-year jump let's talk about snakebite andy for a second because she does take the choice of joining the true knot as a 15 year old rose the hat shotguns some steam from someone into her mouth and she dies and comes back whatever they are and so just for the listeners who may have no idea what the fuck we're talking about when we're saying steam we're talking about like someone's like soul no i don't think that's it it's specifically like like the power no it's like the power that these people exist or that exists within them that gives them that like what abra can do what danny can do like it's, let's say it exists in our real world, they wouldn't be after us. You and I don't have any steam. We don't have any. Not of those that we powers. know of, at least, because Danny says at one point that like lots of people have it. It's just little bits that they don't even know. Not, but not enough that someone would be hunting us for it. Yeah. So it really doesn't matter all that much, is what I'm saying. Plus, we're old now, so well, that's our shine is dulled. So it's its own little entity that exists within you, but it comes out in the form of the steam that apparently they can even trap in little canisters that they carry around with them and save them like vintages of wine. Yeah, it was pretty uh, fucking... See, that's where I thought that was pretty like gruesome. Like, it's not blood gruesome, but just like the idea of it's fucking sick. And it can get blood gruesome because they murder a fucking child a couple of times. Well, they get to the scene, and it's, to me, what was the closest to, like, a horror movie, like, brutality essence was where they've got that kid sacrificed, like, laid out at that fucking abandoned plant that they were at outside, tied down by all four limbs, gathered around him, cutting him. Then when she drops that line, like, the pain and the fear make the steam so much better, and then she's, like, torturing him by Dude, stabbing him. She's stabbing all, like, him. the kid. the kid's all, like like freaking out and he's like are you gonna hurt me and she's like yes she even kind of like she doesn't laugh or even chuckle but there's that kind of lyrical quality where she's happy to be saying yes oh yeah like you can feel the joy they don't directly confirm how long many of them have been living that way the guy grandpa flick who dies at least has been around since probably before roman times but thousands of years yeah well because they reference going to the to what to go in to see the gladiators and stuff like that right and i guess she's probably been at it for at least a couple hundred if not a thousand herself she's experienced in that and i'd imagine grandpa turned her a long time ago yeah, I would imagine so. But yeah, so they murder this kid, and Abra's powers are so acute that she feels it happening. She's the looker that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, she like like comes into the scene almost and just can like see everything happening, and that's got to be fucking brutal, especially like she's sleeping. 
And that's the thing. She's just sitting there sleeping and she sees this happening in her head out of nowhere. So much so. And that's the thing. Like, it's a natural force that affects her because she, the power of this thing forces the word murder to break into the wall, the chalk wall in Danny's room. It knocks him out of his bed with the force of what she does. So he wakes up, he sees red rum backwards in his mirror and he turns around and it's murder on there. It's like, oh shit. Like, but it's so powerful also that from thousands and thousands of miles away, Rose feels her looking too. So there's a lot going on in that moment. Like everyone's involved in some way. Yeah. It was really interesting the way that they tie everything, like how they tie all those groups together like that throughout the movie with having like, it's just, <laughs> but that's when Abra decides to, I'm straight up meeting uncle Dan now. Like, oh yeah. She's got to at that point because she's just like, all right, I, I saw them murder this child. And, like, she ends up going and doing some, like, research on it and seeing that the kid's been missing. And, like, she ends up printing out a picture and touching it and then, like, seeing where they're at. And so she's like, all right, Uncle Dan. Because, like, Dan's like, Dan's like, hey, uh, in this day and age, like, I'm an old man and you're a child. And she's like, she's like, you're my uncle. Anybody ask, you're my uncle. See, I'd imagine, because Billy is his best friend and Billy trusts him. I was thinking, like, Billy would be looking at that, because he was looking at them, kind of walking to talk on the bench. Billy's like, I don't know, maybe that's a fucking daughter who chased him down that he was running from, from his former life. Or something like, you know Billy wasn't questioning it at all. Billy shows, he doesn't question, well, he might have questioned it, they don't show us the actual conversation. But he hears everything that fucking Dan says, and, because she wants him to go to Iowa. Find the body, find the mitt. She can find Rose the Hat and fucking hunt those bitches down, right? So Dan's like, I'm going to need some help here. I got to talk to Billy. I got to tell him about everything. Probably everything that's happened in my life. The Overlook Hotel part leading up to this whole thing right here. And see if he believes me. That must have been a fucking hard conversation to have. And then, not even that, but like when they get there or when they're like getting to that uh, what was it like a power plant it was some kind of like plant i don't know what it was but it was shut down it was some yeah. kind of like off on the side of the road it looked like it might have been near a quarry sort of plant so they're there or they're approaching there and billy is telling uh dan he's like he's like all right i can deal with my friend being crazy like if we drive here and there's you know, we dig and there's no dead little boy. Like, he's just, you know, talking to people that aren't there and he's gone crazy. I can deal with that. We can get him help. We can move on. But if we find a dead little boy and Dan's like, he's like, yes, I know. It's exponentially worse. <laughs> And unfortunately, that's exactly what it is. And Abra's along for the ride. She's like guiding him there, confirms at the right place. And as soon as they start digging, Dan's like, you need to stop looking now. Go back to your own shit. Yeah. Do whatever. She, he's he's like, go home. And Billy's like, uh, what? And he's like, no, not you. <laughs> yeah. But in the meantime, Rose the Hat is back out there because she talked to fucking Crow Daddy earlier. And she's like, we have to have her. We haven't been eating very well for a long time. There's scraps out there. Whatever's going on in the modern world is causing people to have less 
steam as they call it shine as the good guys call it and we're not living well we got these backup canisters that she doesn't want to tap into but the crow daddy's like bro we gotta get our hands on the creamy steam even if it is the reserves and she's like fuck all right fine so they find this whale and she's so powerful she doesn't realize how powerful she is and that's her problem because abra's ready to set a trap this time around when she comes back looking for her yeah the visuals for me when she's flying over like the country and she's like oh Astral, that was pretty fucking projecting awesome. to, I know that she's not Doctor Sleep like they refer to uh, Dan is Doctor McGregor Sleep. he's Doctor Sleep because there's this cat at the because he becomes an orderly at a hospice there's this cat that can sense when people are gonna die so Dan goes in and comforts them because he's attached to that world right. And the first person he goes to calls him Dr. Sleep, whatever. But I just pictured as far as her powers and this little hat she's got on and the way she's flying across the world like that, like that's Dr. Sleep to me. Astral projecting, getting into someone's mind while they're asleep. Now, I like the idea of Dr. Sleep being a good guy. I'm fine with that. I'm I'm just saying like that image of her flying like that, I loved and it just made me picture her having that name instead but she gets fucked up here like the bad guy should anyway so oh it was great because like okay so she gets into abra's room and they're saying that everybody that has the shine has like in their mind is organized like filing cabinets or like uh, a library or something like that very similar to another Stephen King movie. Oh, there, uh, Stephen King's universe folds in and works itself into itself all over the place. So that's not surprising. But either way, she's in there and she's looking around. And then, like, that's when Abra tricks her. And, like, she's like, she goes into her mind and she starts digging around through shit. And so, like, the fucking, the true not, they're fucking, like, concerned. They're like, uh, we don't know what she fucking found in your head. Well, she gets back and her hand is physically fucked up from being fucked up in the astral projection she was doing. So she's all messed up. And yeah, Crow Daddy's like, listen, I... Because he is. He's the right-hand man. He knows what's going on. He's the only one that she really tells the intimate details to. The one that is going to be able to go, listen, you know I'm right. And she does. She's like, all right, fine. I'll fucking stay here. And I'll just keep an eye on things from back here and see how it's going and kind of guide you along the way too but crow daddy's like i got my own tricks dog like i know what's going on and they're going to get her i love how everybody's talking about tricks and shit they're like legitimately just meaning like yo i got these parlor tricks bro definite parlor tricks going on little switcheroos and shit like that but because abra's reaching out to dan now she's like no listen dog you gotta come here right now you gotta get here and we gotta address what's going on because it's wild. And Dan's like, "I'll be there." Okay, cool. She shows up, and Dad's like, "You fucking pedophile! What are you doing in my house right now?" Because April didn't just like do her trick and show him what the fuck is going on. Then she did it. Just yeah, yeah. Dan's all like, "You gotta show him this is gonna work." So she just flashes it. Her dad almost loses his fucking mind. Could you imagine, like, not knowing the extent of what this weird kind? If you're a quote-unquote normal parent what this weird little girl who's always had these strange abilities is now flashing a bunch of information just directly into your brain she had told dan that her parents know she's got powers they just don't like to acknowledge it and like even before this whole thing her mom was like hey i gotta go see grandma 
or I'm flying out to see grandma because her grandma's sick. And like before she leaves, she's like, uh, is, is she going to pull through? And she's like, Ava's like, man, I really don't know what I hope she does. So it's like when, when it is suitable for them, they want to use her power, but they don't want her to just shine all the time. They want to block her shine. So they decide to like set up this trap. They, everyone decides to be clever right now. We get to the everyone gets clever part of the movie where Dan and Bill go out to this place where a- Abra sends her mind powers out to make it seem like she is there. And the whole crew with Crow, well, they don't show us Crow Daddy ain't there, but Crow Daddy ain't there. But the rest of the crew minus Rose shows up at the spot where Bill and Dan are. And they all get fucking shot and murdered. Every last one of them there gets killed. It's a slaughter. But not before Snakebite Andy, who is the pusher, who apparently can push people to do whatever she wants them to do. She pushes Billy to blow his face So, off. like, I'm thinking in the situation there, because she does, as she's dying, she says, kill yourself. So he turns the gun, the rifle, up towards his chin, and Danny's getting up, kind of groggy from her trying to put him to sleep. If he would have stopped the gun from shooting that him that time, does Billy just keep going till he does kill himself? Does that command exist till he's dead? Or does he try once and he snaps out of it because now she's dead maybe? Sorry, I'm getting into hypotheticals here. I like to think about that. I think it's probably like a one okay. shot. So like you try it and then you fail. So it's just like, oh shit, I'm back to being okay, normal. This- Especially because she's dead and she can't continue to hold that For me, spell that's over a big you. part of it. Like, I feel like if she's, if it's just you and her alone and she says it, well, obviously no one's there going to be to stop you anyway. But if she's not dead, I think you keep trying. But with her being dead, I think that power is gone and you'd stop anyway. I think even if she's not dead, you would only keep trying if she's continuing to put some thought behind it. Like some push. Well, there was thought behind a whole bunch of things from Crow Daddy's end right here. Because he does. He shows up with his little switcheroo, murders Daddy-O, and puts a syringe. Kidnaps little Abra. Well, apparently they've got this drug that they've concocted over the years. Because we find out at one point through Dan, or at least he says he imagines that they're connected and wealthy. I mean, I guess you're around for thousands of years. You can offer deals to other people along the way and stay connected yeah, why exist not? Exist in the shadows, whatever. It's probably real complicated, but it's not real complicated for them. Either way, they've been like drugging these kids with this thing that like dampens the shine within them so they can't use it. So he's thinking he's got Ava so drugged she can't fuck around. But Dan, like I said earlier, turns his tur- stops talking and starts listening and he finds her pleading because she's so fucking powerful. This drug just ain't enough. Yeah, because, like, Crow Daddy's all like, yeah, I've never used this much. He's like, it's a trip. Just sit back and enjoy it. And, <laughs> and uh, she's like, dude, I'm eight. Or not eight. She's, but 13, she's like 13, yeah. Or something. So she's, like, just laying back in her seat trying to connect to Dan. And, like you said, Dan jumps in, and he's all like, all right, I'm going to do something and you gotta trust me i don't know if i can do this because apparently this is a new kind of trick for him yeah and so he just like kind of takes over her body i guess it seems like he puts his mind into her which is a crazy thing to think about and yeah so like he starts talking to crawdaddy and crawdaddy goes reaching for his gun which they've shown him do a couple of times 
and he doesn't have his seatbelt on and he's like he's like yeah uh he starts kind of like laughing as abra and karate daddy's like why are you laughing and he's like well when you think you're immortal you probably don't wear your seatbelt huh and then he was just like had abra just like fucking be like boom and like turn the whole fucking van with her power and they went off road right into a tree and then fucking crawdaddy goes through the windshield and he fucking just dies oh she's loving it she's crouching over him like i hope that fucking hurts you prick dude when every one of them dies she's all like yeah fuck you bitch i'd be the same exact way like you're coming for my blood i didn't start this i hope you die yeah i hope you fucking die. she's like she's like i literally just saw you murder a child in my see dreams. but the problem with that is rose watched all this happen and now she is fuck it she's done she's done Dude, she's pissed. She's pulling up all those wine steams, just fucking chugging them all down. She's trying to get drunk on fucking steam. She drunk with power. Because I'd imagine if you consume all that she had there, she knows that this is what Abra has to offer. If she catches her is enough to live on forever, probably, especially considering it's just her now. So she's beefing up for that final fight. I suck all that in. She's probably at maximum power right there. She's like Super Shredder. That's exactly it, except way hotter than Super Shredder. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd <laughs> um, so this is where we head to the Overlook. Because Dan's like, almost like a kill two birds with one stone thing here. We're not powerful enough, potentially, to take out and kill Rose the Hat. But I think the Overlook Hotel is strong enough to consume her with all of the ghosts that it's acquired over the years that I've locked up in my brain and I can conveniently let out to destroy them because they're hungry as fuck. Like, these things that I've been keeping away from me for protection are going to serve a purpose for me here, and that's fucking killer as hell. I love that they become a weapon for him. And then immediately turn on him, of course. And then they start, like, coming after Avery. They're going to come after everyone. Because, like... In that last, like, scene of the movie, she's closing the door uh, in the bathroom, like like they had shown earlier in the movie, Dan, like a young Dan does, and they, uh, you know, like, she's got to do, like, the same sort of trick where I- I'm assuming she ends up doing Well, that's what it seems like. I'm like. assuming that Dan tells oh, her. Oh, she, she saw trick. it in his head. She's aware of what was going on in there. Whether he told her or not, they experienced that kind of thing you know what i mean like that all went on in their heads so oh i guess we can just continue so uh explaining the movie before i tell you my biggest critique of the movie is it should we finish talking about the movie in general or would it be better just to yeah we could do that it's up to you it doesn't matter to me we're i mean we're almost there yeah yeah yeah. because there's not much to the conclusion but i'm just going to talk about this real quick uh so I like to think, especially with the hotel, the idea that this energy that we're talking about, the shine or whatever, is not exclusive to just existing within human beings or animals or whatever. It exists within things that are created. Like the hotel itself had its own shine that would possess people. And it was an evil fucking thing because it lived off the shine too, as we see at the culmination here. Like yeah. it created ghosts within itself by people who stayed there it would consume them and possess them and then keep their souls to then feed on the steam of other people that would come in like that's a fucking crazy ass concept that in the shining itself the hotel itself is what sets off the madness but they don't get into the fantasy element of the steam and all the shine like they talk about the shine they don't talk about 
sucking it out of a dead child's body, I guess. <laughs> to be fair, too, it, that hotel could have gone on forever without killing a lot of people. Like, it could have just been like, oh, we'll just take a little bit of steam here, a little bit of steam there, not kill the person. Because, like, you saw fucking Danny got some of his steam taken out, but he didn't die right then and there. He died later, but... But it's an evil fucking hotel. It wants to consume. That's its whole... It's too greedy. You're goddamn right. That's why I'm talking about it in such a glowing fashion right now. I relate to this hotel. (laughs) This hotel money, baby. The Overlook. Uh, But so we get to this... Rose follows them to the overlook danny has woken the overlook hotel back up he's walked around and seen the sights woken them back up sits down at the bar talks to the ghost of his dad being lloyd the barber or pretending to be lloyd the barber at least like you got the wrong guy he's like nah dad i got some questions for you and jack just continues to avoid them really tries to convince him to drink but he doesn't he stays fucking sober he turns the drink down a couple times after he gets sober. Yeah. And then Abra's like, she's here. Rose the Hat is here. It's time for the battle. And then the battle, I mean, it's not anticlimactic, but it just kind of like, like, it happens pretty fast where Abra gets some good cuts in in this uh, maze at the Overlook. And they're like, she's like, oh, you put up some new defenses since... Uh, you know, last time I've been in your head, and she's like, maybe we're not in my head. Well, yeah, she's kind of questioning whether or not, because, yeah, it's not the files that she'd seen before in her head. It was this maze. Obviously, it's the hedge maze outside of the Overlook, but she'd never been in that hedge maze before. She just pulled up to this place for the first time. I don't know if she knows it's there, but she might yeah. have the powers to figure out. It doesn't matter, but she figures out eventually, oh, shit, I'm not in Abra's head, and so busts out. And so then we're into real life culmination final battle. So it's like the pre-battle that leads to the actual battle. And then like they've got like a axe fight going on where she like takes a hit just so she can control the axe, takes it from Danny and she smacks Danny in the face and then she's all like gouging him in the leg and like that pretty much kills him. I'm going to say like he's going to die. I'm going to put a number out. I'm going to say she's been around for 8,800 8, years at least. That is not her first axe fight. That's not the first axe she's taken to the shoulder before. She knows how to fucking handle herself. She played it like a pro. Yeah. And then she like you said immediately turned around and it's like oh it looks like I nicked your femoral artery. So not only did she get him she got him good. Yeah, and then when she's, like, pushing around in his head, she's like, what's in these boxes? I need to know. And then Danny's all like, good, bitch. I will (laughs) open them up because they are fucking starving and fucking lets them all out, and then they fucking consume her, and he's just watching it. Well, think about how full of steam she is right now, too. She is a feast for these ghosts who have been stuck. She just ate all that shit before she showed up, and they are munching down. And then as soon as they're done with her, they immediately look at him like, dessert. Yup. Oh yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't go down there because the attention of Abra. She walks into room two thirty seven, which is a big room from the first movie. They reference it real early on in this movie too. And the bathtub ghost sees her. That's where we get our very sexy nudity in this movie. Uh, some some yeah. pubic hair. It's fucking pretty great. Yeah, it's about as good as it was in the original. Man, just real. 
Real yep. good. Exactly what I'm looking for in my in my movie nudity. Uh, so the, the hotel's like, oh, hold on. We've possessed Dan now. We haven't killed him. We've possessed him. He's chasing you around this motherfucker. That's why she ends up in room 237. He's acting like his dad with the axe in his hand limping around the fucking hotel. And she goes in and is like, nah, man, listen. I know Dan is in there. And you don't know Dan at all. But he's going to stop this shit. The house goes to swing. And Dan stops the house from swinging the axe with his body. And then she, like, touches him. And he's back to normal Dan for a bit. But we also fuck. And then he goes down to the boiler room and the whole place fucking sets on fire. Yeah, he, the first thing he did when he went in there was go fucking turn everything up in the boiler room, crank it up. And the girl's like, the house doesn't know that it did that. House, you're so stupid. You weren't paying attention. How do you not know? You dumb as fuck, house. Uh, and then we see her back at home. She's talking to Dan, and it's like, yeah, man, uh, just keep shining on, you crazy diamond. Yeah. she's like, He's like, man, just ignore all that shit I told you the first time we met, and you got to shine. And then, like, her mom walks in, and her mom's like, oh, dinner's ready. Uh, who are you talking to? She's like, oh, no one. And then she walks out of her bedroom. She's like, that was a lie. I was talking to Dan. Yeah. She's like, you know, the dad's doing good. Yeah, we go on, everyone's doing good, and like Principal Green said, you can't stop a star from shining. Yeah, that's the truth right there. You can get more fucking Creek Chat nuggets on our Creek Chat episodes. Yeah, that was for the the Creek heads out there. That's not good. I guarantee you that that is not something that I just created, and there are people who definitely call themselves Creek heads already. I wasn't saying it because I thought it was good, I'm saying it because I'm sure it exists. All right. Don't make me defend myself. I hate doing it. So that was the end of Dr. Sleep. The bad guys lose. The good guys mostly win. Mostly. Mostly. I mean, like, everybody dies except for Abra and her mom. Dan got to redeem himself. And frankly, if you put into the frame that he essentially passively let a woman and her baby die, I don't mind that he died in the end after he made good. Like Dick said, he had a debt to pay, and he needed to pay it, and he did, but he also did good beyond that, not just helping Abra, but destroying the Overlook Hotel, purified in fucking fire. Yeah, not only did he destroy the Overlook, but him and Billy also wiped out, like, that entire crew of baddies. Rose does say, I'm not the last one, though. We don't know how many more are out there. I mean, there's got to be some, right? There have to be. There's no way that that group of whatever they were to start, 8 to 10, something like that, there's no way that that's it. Not in the whole world, and definitely even not in all of North America. Most definitely not. They travel in their own circles. So is there anything else you want to talk about before we uh, get to the primetime portion of the podcast? Oh, no, I think that gets us there, baby. All right, so uh, it's primetime, baby. And by primetime, I mean... It is review time. No, we already reviewed. It's rating time. Rating time, review time. It's all the same. Yeah. I just couldn't read for a second. I get it. No, I get it. So now we're at that portion of the podcast where we are going to rate Dr. Sleep on a scale of 1 to 50 Randy Quaid's. 1 is the absolute lowest. 50, the absolute highest. 2 to 49, Anywhere in between. And we mean anywhere in between. Yeah. If you if yeah. someone wanted you to know. give this uh hypothetically 
uh, 32.2, they could do that. If they wanted to give it a 49.92237 they could. They could if they want. No one, it's on no one really does, and it'd be kind of dumb. But I'm just saying, when we say anywhere, it's not a fucking joke. Yeah. Do what you want <laughs> within our rating scale rules. Because we hope you're rating so a lot IMDb. <laughs> IMDb rates this movie, Dr. Sleep, 36.5 out of 50, Randy Quaid's. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? I'll leave that up to you, man. I don't care. I don't I'm gonna definitely rate it higher or as high as you. Yeah, that's probably true. Alright, so we're gonna start out with me. Uh yours truly, Chuck, too humble banner is gonna rate Doctor Sleep forty five out of fifty Randy Quaid's. Oh, this was a pretty goddamn good movie. There's a couple things I did not like about this movie, and we're gonna address that right now. So what I did not like about this movie is the actors that they chose to play young Danny, young Danny's mom, and Jack. Did not like any of them. I don't know if they couldn't use the footage or like, because they have the technology to to put them in the movie, correct? Or at least someone who looks better than them i mean technology sure budget maybe probably not i just i i did not like it i if you're gonna do different people don't i I, they they looked like bad lookalikes like cheap lookalikes like that i felt it for me took away from the movie because i kept on being like uh I see I not so much Danny as a kid, but definitely his mom. And then definitely that terrible Jack Nicholson lookalike there at the end. I'll just say, and I won't go too far in my counterpoint to that, but I like the fact that a, they didn't use any footage from the old one, whether or not they had the ability to do that. And I like the fact that they picked people that didn't look like exact lookalikes. They were in the ballpark of what those original people looked like. I think that the, actress who played the Wendy Torrance character was in the ballpark, but the way she acted the character was very similar to how Shelley Long acted it. And that's why I liked her performance. I think she was really good on that point. Now with, I didn't mind her acting. I just didn't like the, it's hard to find someone who looks like Shelley Long. She's a very unique looking person. I agree with that. They got close enough. I agree. They got close enough with someone who also could act the part really well that's fine. I'll, all right, let's talk about Jack Nicholson, though, because here's where I'll kind of concede your point. I think he looked enough like him. You could have gotten closer, but it was close enough. And no, he didn't act like Jack Nicholson, but there is the problem. To go do a Jack Nicholson impersonation in a movie, that's a hard thing to do. I think you're better off just not and trying to play it your own way with maybe a little flash. But I could see why it would be bothersome if you want that direct... I want this to look and feel and sound like Jack Nicholson, which I don't I don't blame someone looking for that. The reason why I am particularly looking for it is because that is what they were trying to portray. And when you're not giving me that and that's what you're going for. But here's my count. Here's here's my counterpoint to that based on what I know and not having read the source material. What this is supposed to be because Stephen King didn't like 
what they're hearkening back to, but what is the hook, because it's what most people pay attention to with this story when we're talking about the movie. If you're bringing it to the cinema, you got to hearken back to the Kubrick movie. You can't just go back to the book. But anyway, if, if you're trying to represent both, here's what I was getting at. If you're trying to represent both that movie and the book, the source material, you're going to have to kind of make it different from the movie, which is where you have a problem which is like, you're giving me this. Why don't you give me this? That's not what they're trying to give you fully, though. It's a meld between that movie and the books that neither of us have read. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's where I can also take... That's why I'm not giving this a gigantic ding. Right, one, right. It's, it's a rather minuscule point in an otherwise very well done movie. Uh, very enjoyable to watch movie. Did not feel like a two and a half hour film. Hell no. Not at all. But that's that's pretty much where I come in at. Um, I would like to watch this movie again. I will probably see it again. I And the next time I see it, I would have liked to have watched The Shining prior to watching it. Maybe not all in one go, but in like the same weekend. Watch one on your first day or weekend or the first night or weekend and then fit the other one whenever else you can in the next day or two. Yeah. I, ha- I watched The Shining last year, right? Is there anything else you want to say or should I rate it now? Oh, I mean, I, uh, the other things are, yeah, you know, I think other people should probably see this if they like suspenseful fantasy horror movies. Even if you don't know The Shining itself, they give you enough to still appreciate what's going on. Like, I don't think you'd feel lost if you didn't know The Shining. I, yeah, I don't think you would really feel lost. I think you just would miss the significance of a lot of the stuff that you don't know about. Yeah, that's really it. But And that's what I think is helpful with this movie is it is a direct sequel that can stand on its own. You don't get that very often. I think it's a complaint you've made about maybe it was a Fast and the Furious movie. I could be wrong. It might have been a different kind of movie. But you're like, what I didn't like about this is it couldn't stand on its own. It had to be a sequel. And that pissed me off. This could absolutely stand on its own. I hate to make this a trend with movies that I've picked because this was a JT money pick. I'm giving this a 50. Like, this is the third time I've watched this movie, and I like it even more this time than I did the first time I watched it. I love everyone's performances. I love the story. I love the way they weave it all together. And like you said, we were talking about the way they bring everyone together somehow through their different communications and powers. Uh, It pays a lot of... If you go back and watch The Shining again beforehand, you'll see even directly in some of the shots that they make. I'm sure you recognize when they're following him on the tricycle when he's a kid through the hotel. Yeah. That's from the movie. But then later when they're driving up the mountain to go there, they do that swooping motion like through the the mountains above the river as they're driving the car up there. That's from like the opening scene of The Shining when they're driving up there to first go there. They did a lot of those direct kind of shots. Uh, the guy who played Dick, I think, was really good at playing that character. If we're talking about callbacks from the old movie... I think that guy was really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the fantasy element that they bring in here that is hinted at in the first one, and that's why it's more of a horror slash suspense movie than this is, uh, the fantasy elements that are brought here will really sell it for me. Rose the Hat and her rambling crew of steam suckers, astral projecting and tracking and murdering. Like, it's a wild-ass concept that makes me think of 
how much how many other stories could you tell in this world especially when she says there's no other ones out there i'm like what the fuck else is going on out there plus other people shining like ab uh abra and all that like you could delve so much further into this turn this into a tv show you know what i mean in a way if you rose the hat and the steampunks <laughs> that's uh, i'd watch that show so I I would absolutely watch this movie again. I'm certain that I will watch this movie again. I would recommend that everyone watch this movie. I own it already. 50 Randy Quaid's from JT Money. Yeah, and uh, I think at the very least, we can both agree that you can catch all our new episodes on Apple Podcasts, 50 and of course Spotify. You can also follow us on Twitter at 50 Randy Quaid's and like us on our Facebook page, 50 Randy Quaid's. Now, don't forget, while you're out there, check out Creek Chat. The Creek Boys are out yeah. there. We be creaking every single week. We don't fuck around. Every Monday, in fact. Every Monday, we are back with a new episode of Creek Chat for that ass. We, all right, we're starting to take breaks between seasons, but generally speaking, you're getting like eight straight weeks of JT and Two Humble Chucky talking about the creek. You can't go wrong. 50randyquays.com. Let us know what the fuck is up and put some shit in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time on 50 Randy Quades, episode 117. It's kind of a two-pack. Ghost Rider and Grindhouse. So we're not watching the entire Grindhouse movie. Understandable, but this two-pack also feels like a continuation of the Halloween feel. And I know Ghost Rider isn't explicitly horror or anything, but the concept of Ghost Rider itself is in that genre. Uh, yeah. To a degree, as much as this movie is, I guess. And Grindhouse is definitely in the horror movie genre. So November continues it on with a slight horror twist. Yeah, it's a little bit spooky. We're only watching the trailer, I'm assuming, that Nick Cage is in? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I figure it makes more sense to do that than to watch the entire uh, the entire Grindhouse. I'm, I'm I mean, fine with that. There's no reason to. He's not in it. I'm cool with watching Grindhouse, but... I've got it on DVD, so I can watch it either way. Yeah, I've got it as well. So then we're set, baby. And until next time, we watch movies so you don't have to... Peace, Peace out. out.